We're good. Hello. Welcome back to QAV, TK. Thanks, Cam. Good to have you in Sydney. Live in person. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. <clears throat> we haven't done the recording in person for a while, have we? What a view today from your yeah. study window. Yeah, it's beautiful and sunny, isn't it? No pollution. Clear day. Looking out over Sydney. Water. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Um, we're recording this on... Tuesday the 23rd of June. Yeah. For the record. Uh, where do we want to start today? With the journal entries from last yeah, week? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Journal entries from the last week. Uh, you sent me some, I think, on Friday from last week. Yeah, I did. Okay, let me see here. So, so from Friday, I did a download of the master spreadsheet again uh, using the Stock Doctor filters. Uh, which I had only run uh, a couple of weeks beforehand. So I usually do them once every few weeks if there's a reason. Uh, and I was seeing uh, there was a few things in the financial review, uh, you know, rolling 52-week highs. There was a few companies in there I wanted to look at. So I thought I'd just rerun the whole filter again. Downloaded it. A couple of things happened, which people should be aware of. So the first one was that in... The spreadsheet there's the the second tab is manually entered data and there was a couple of companies that came down in the filter which weren't in that uh, list of, of companies in the manually entered data page so they were new companies that had filtered through and so i had to add those uh, manually so those two were jpr and cgo uh, neither of them uh, made it to the watch list but just for completeness i added those rows in manually in the manually entered data tab and I had to do it in alphabetical order because that that page is referenced by the download page which uses a function in Excel called VLOOKUP and the the companies have to be in alphabetical order for VLOOKUP to work so that's the first thing to note when doing a new download if you find that there's a, a reference error uh, in the in the lookup table it's because you, the the filters produce a new company it has to be entered into the, the, the table of lookup companies. That's the first thing, um, but we did uh, pop up with a number of companies that were worth looking at and made it through to the watch list, so we could probably talk about those now. So you've got, uh, let me see, SEQ, mm -hmm. is that the first one? It is, yeah, so yeah. Sequoia Financial. A uh, small company, and I'm just calling it up in Stock Doctor now, but... Yeah, so average average daily traded is only four thousand five hundred and seventy dollars. So not a very big company, uh, and they're uh, a financial services company. Um, what are they doing? They've got financial got, planning. basically financial planning. Yeah, wealth management group. Sequoia is the name of a big venture capital group in Silicon Ooh. Valley. I thought it might have been them, but uh, don't think uh, so. Somebody just. Copied them. <laughs> and given we don't have sequoia trees in Australia, it's quite Yes, yeah, I know, right? It's, it's weird. Strange, yeah, it? yeah. Um, the first thing to note about this is I was a bit concerned, a bit aggressive in how I drew the three-point trend line because if you look at the the two highest points, they're both at 35 cents. And so it, it, you know, normally I would have drawn a straight line across there at 35 cents and the yeah. share price is currently 20. Um, so, you know, you could do that. Um, I was a little bit more aggressive because... I can see from the overall sentiment that it went down during the COVID period and it's now um, making an attempt to come back up. So I drew my line from the rightmost 
peak, which is uh, 35 cents, and then drew it down mm -hmm. through those, and it, it crossed just below where the current share price is now. You drew it through actually the rightmost peak. Yeah, that's right. You started at the rightmost 35 cent peak mm -hmm. and then drew it through the rightmost peak, which is around 22 and a half cents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And which means it's breached that line then. It has, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, understand that people don't feel that aggressive and want to keep it at 35, but you could do it this way as well. Uh, next one that was added to the watch list is ProPack. ProPack Group is a PPG, is a packaging company. Uh, yeah, all types of packaging. Uh, I've owned this stock in the past, so it does come up on the QAV list every now and then. And again, a similar sort of story. So the in terms of its graph anyway, the, right, the highest peak is at 45 cents. And then you've got some um, peaks over here at 44. So it's almost like that last one where there, there are two peaks very close to each other. And again, you know, normally you could draw a line through those two peaks and the buy would be about 40 cents. Current share price is 19 cents. So I did kind of debate with myself whether I'd be conservative or aggressive on this one. Um, uh, you, you know, you couldn't leave it at 40 cents. That would be completely understandable. I did go a bit more aggressive though because those two peaks were almost the same price and went to the rightmost peak at 44 and then went uh, down. Uh, the second highest peak was 42 and didn't need to go any further than that because there wasn't crossing over any other peaks and that came into the buy at around 18 cents. Right. Yeah. But again, if people don't want to be that aggressive with their lines, they can they can stay at the 40 cent mark as well with that one. Uh, next one is MTO, which is a motorcycle dealership, motorcycle holdings. MTO is, yep. So motorcycle retailing is their big thing um, and accessories. So the, the one thing I have noticed is that the car companies, car dealerships, and, and I guess this one is associated, are starting to make a, a solid recovery as people get back on the road and start to, to buy uh, vehicles again. Uh, this one is, is a much clearer signal in terms of its, its three-point trend line. So the highest peak is $5.19 in December 17. And then we go down. Um, we could, if we took the line down to the next highest peak, we're going to go through a whole series of buys and sells on the way down as we try and catch the falling knife. So I'll go over to the rightmost peak and I'm getting a buy price of just under $1.50 and the share price is now $1.75. So that's a bit of a clearer um, buy signal there. Uh, that was Motorcycle Holdings. Interesting one next, Bigger Cheese. So it's a, a dairy company. And it's been it's been coming in and out of our QAV mm. score for the last couple of months, and it's just had a bit of a downturn recently, so it's popped back up into our list again. Um, so similar sort of story in terms of its three-point trend line. Highest peak was August 18, and I'm going to use the rightmost peak because again, if I use the second highest peak, I'm going down mm -hmm. through a whole series of buys and sells as the share price declines. But going over to the second highest peak, which is $5.34 in May 2020, uh, I'm getting a buy price of uh, about $5.10. And the share price is currently $4.80. And it's, it's dropping at the moment. And it's actually getting close to its three-point sell line, um, which is going to come in around mm. $4.60, something like that. So that's one to watch in case it does drop below its three-point sell line. Can I just stop you there and say, uh, before I leave Sydney, we're taking you out to buy a new Mac 
power cord because <laughs> that is you're going to kill yourself with that it's got exposed wires poking out ah don't touch it you're going to die the wires plastic coated <laughs> <laughs> it's fine dude yeah buy a new power cord alright come on man I need a new Mac actually yeah get yeah. a new Mac and a new power cord because yeah. <laughs> that's that's terrifying me we it's, don't want you to die Tony it's such a pain upgrading Mac though isn't it Just, no yes it is no oh, it's not that bad so I export all the emails what yeah I still have my emails on yeah okay so sorry we're talking about my Mac upgrade and the <laughs> funnily enough my Mac stopped working <laughs> and then your Wi-Fi dropped out my Wi-Fi dropped out yeah Bigger Cheese. Okay, so we were just going through Bigger Cheese. It's a, it's been on and off the QAV checklist. It's currently on because the share price has dropped a little bit. Uh, the three-point buy lines were pretty easy to see. High point 783 in August 18. Rightmost high point 534 May 20. But it is dropping down close to its sell line now, which is going to be... Uh, the low point is... 358 in October 19. Next lowest point is 405 in February 20. Uh, and just putting a ruler on that, it's going to be around about 450. Mm. So we're getting down there again. So yeah, um, good thing about bigger cheeses, it's got lots of uh, liquidity. So five million dollars average daily traded there, which is suits people with uh, bigger portfolios. Mm. But don't want to catch a falling knife right now. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's getting... I, I would still buy it at the moment, but um, I'd be careful to stop buying if it dropped below its sell line. And, and well, I would sell if it went below its sell line. Um, I suspect it's going to do a bit of a zigzag pattern up, but, you know. But it's below the buy line. Uh, is it? Aren't you drawing it through oh, those no, two sorry. peaks? Hang on, that's a good point. I was. Um, that... I'm guessing that peak may not have been there when I first put this into the portfolio. It would have been that one there, probably. Yeah, right. Yeah. So sorry about that. You're right, it is below its peak. It's dropped back down. Yeah. yeah, no, sorry. But that might not be... That might not show up in the end-of-month numbers in a week. Mm. That might just be inter-month trading. Well, that number there, the um, the current price of 475 is going to be the inter-month trading. Yeah. And it would have to increase quite a bit to get above that peak there yeah it'd have to jump by yeah 15 percent or something yeah to get back up well yeah something like that maybe not quite that much but yeah so good point yeah so when i when i did the analysis it would have been um probably around that rightmost peak there which would have been back in uh january 2020 and it was on a, a buy increase from there but now we have another rightmost peak coming in at the end of last month of May 2020 and it's fallen below that so yeah, yeah. so it's currently a hold it's a good point okay yeah so I need to update my own spreadsheet for that okay next one is ESTX which is another one of these uh, ETFs that are popping up on our um, radar at the moment this one is for Euro stocks Eurostox 50 ETF, which I imagine is the top 50 Eurostocks. The Eurostox 50 index, yeah. That's weird. So somebody's set up an ETF in Australia for Eurostox. Oh, there's ETFs available for everything. There's US stocks, world stocks, 
country by country stocks, Japanese stocks, there's ETFs for commodities, gold, silver, all those things. Uh, it's, it's because of this, uh, I guess, the theory, modern portfolio theory, that you should hold a portfolio of indexes. Right. Mm. And this is a low-cost way of doing that. They want to diversify. Correct. It's the, it's the whole idea of diversifying. Mm. There's a, a book that came out, oh, gee, 20 years ago called Against the Odds, which was the history of risk. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a really good read. Mm. Um, but it basically says that given that active fund managers can't be in the, beat the index, you should be holding an index. Uh, and you should do that at the lowest cost, hence the ETFs. And it's not not good enough just to hold, say, an index of Australian shares. What happens if the rest of the world goes up and Australia goes down? So you should be holding indexes of indexes, basically, and, and getting as much diversification as you can. As you know, I don't subscribe to that. But it might be a reasonable strategy for people that are completely hands-off. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, but I would also argue, though, that having an Australian ETF is enough because there's enough exposure to different commodities and overseas um, incomes through our you know, big companies that have overseas um, yeah. operations that you're getting enough diversification for other things as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're just not getting them in the in the sort of um, portfolio weighting you would if you had if you held an Australian ETF at two percent of the world market and a big American ETF for example. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so ESTX. Yeah, the stocks top 50. Now, first thing I noticed when you scroll back up on the Stock Doctor page, they're financial health, NA. Yeah. Is this is an ETF thing? Correct. Stock Doctor won't do financial health for ETFs for some reason. Mm. Mm. And I guess it's because they, they don't have the normal business model that um, Stock Doctor was built around. Right. companies, yeah. It's just buying and selling shares and trading. But we can see it's like most of the markets around the world, it's rebounding at the moment. So it's uh, it has a positive trend. Uh, highest point was back in January at $71.15. Next highest point to the right was February at $66. And then it's going to cross mm. you know, way below that. Yeah, it's one of these almost vertical lines is, there. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's above the buy line. Above the buy line. Yep. And this one does have a sell line, which is good down here at around sort of $58, that's above that. So remind me, when you're putting an ETF through the checklist, because um, they don't have uh, operating uh, uh, profit, how, what do you do with the checklist? No, they still, they still have all of those things. So if I go and have a look at it in the financials page, uh, we still have um, operating cash flows free cash flows, we still have um, return on assets, all those things still apply, net profit is there. So net profit for an ETF is going to be part capital profit and so either book to market or they've actually sold things uh, or uh, part part capital profit and part dividend income. Okay, Mm. right. Um, Potentially given, I'm not sure of the, the structure here, but if the manager of the fund is also part of this stock, you'll get management income as well. So like if they charge a 0.25% of 1%, right. a fee, the fee income will be in there too. Sometimes that's a separate company, but 
sometimes it's within the same company. Just looking at that operating cash flow line, it says it's oh per share, okay, cents per share. Yeah. Okay. We can go in. Uh, actually, it's not giving us the operating cash flow there. Is it? Oh, there it is. There, sorry, cash flow. Yeah, there's operating cash flow there, thirteen million. Right. Okay. Yep. So now we can still score it. Okay. Stock Doctor for its financial health though goes into a lot more ratios. Right. Than we do. Okay. So that's that one. Yeah. Uh, ICS. I think ICS was in our dummy portfolio once before, wasn't it? I don't remember. What's uh, the full name? No. Don't ICS think so. Global. Okay. Maybe not then. It's a um, it's a software billing company for the medical industry. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, a fairly small one, so only $5,393 average daily trade, uh, but it's rebounded strongly from its lows. Its high point, uh, if I'm looking at the graph, is no, what's that, March? Sorry, no, uh, February 2020 at 226, and then we have the next one to the right. Well, it's actually been superseded though. It's going to be, it was the, the March number at 148. There's now a, a rightmost peak at 184, um, but that's still giving us one of those vertical byline sites mm -hmm. above it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then the uh, last one was CVW, and I did want to look at CVW again today. It's up 7.8 percent. Yeah. So CVW is could be a falling knife so it's clear view wealth and it's a financial services business business mainly around life insurance it does have some wealth management in there as well um, if we look at its graph the high point was february 2018 um, and then we have a whole series of buys and sells as we go down but if we go across to the rightmost peak mm -hmm. which is october 19 we're just scraping above that now at the current share price of 27.5 but this is another one of those ones where it's below the sell price at the same time so the lowest point was april 2020 second lowest point was may 2020 so it's actually if we use those two points it's both a buy and a sell at the same time so uh, yeah I, I said i was putting it into the it's a schrodinger yeah it's a schrodinger exactly <laughs> i said i was putting it onto the watch list but this is one of the ones where i'm reconsidering and thinking about just leaving them alone until we get a clear signal. Yeah. So that's those. Also, last week during this process of updating the, the spreadsheet, I had a number of uh, companies which were getting close to their three-point trend lines, and I've added I've added price alerts in Stock Doctor to tell me if they breached those numbers. So they were Adairs, ADH, and the price alert was at 238. South 32, which is a big mining company, spun out of BHP, Price alert $2.10. OFX, which is a foreign exchange company that exchanges funds for people wanting to buy overseas. Uh, $1.57. And Kina Securities, one we have had in the dummy mm -hmm. portfolio, the $1.15. So they're all now on the watch list, and uh, I'll get some alerts if they become buyers at some stage. Okay. And then you sent me some more yesterday. Yeah. So. I, I added OCA, so these again were, oh, so just, just why I sent these alerts yesterday, so uh, I downloaded all the new filter data to the spreadsheet, the QAV master spreadsheet, and 
some of them I still hadn't gone through and verified the trends myself. So if you recall, what I, I did this in three waves. So I went down to all of the stocks which had an uptrend in the master spreadsheet. Okay, your master spreadsheet. Yeah, so just explaining why we have some more additions to our buy list this week. So I ran the master spreadsheet, downloaded all the uh, filter data in last week, and then started to go through and confirm sentiments because not all the companies had their sentiment confirmed. And I'm talking about the ones which have a price to cash flow of less than seven. So the first thing was to go through and pick out the companies which were identified using our stock doctor filters as either having a, an SD max uh, being in the bullish sector uh, and or six uh, sorry five year and six month price changes positive and they're listed towards the right of the spreadsheet uh, in the sentiment column as being an uptrend or a downtrend and then I went through with those with the uptrends first because that's where the bulk of our watch list comes from and I checked those by hand first of all and then for the next next iteration, if you like, I went through and looked at companies with a large average daily traded amount because um, they were the bigger ones. And I went through and verified their sentiment, even if they were in a downtrend according to our SD Max filter. And then I went through and did the rest. So I didn't do it all at once. It took me maybe three or four days to go through and maybe you know half an hour here, half an hour there and, and did it that way. You mentioned to me yesterday that you've been doing some analysis of the moving average mm. and how that compares to your manual sentiment analysis. Yeah, I haven't really cracked that one yet. So this was a question from one of our users about moving uh, trend analysis. And I thought we'd just run through a through one about this um, as an example. So. Uh, OCA was one of the companies I was about to talk about. OCA was added to our watch list. Um, I sent a journal out yesterday about it. Uh, it has a QAV score of 0.15 and it's uh, again, just let me get called up, one of those ones which are, uh, may have a buy and a sell signal at the same time. I just want to check that. So I'm just calling it up in Stock Doctor now. Oh no, it's not too bad. Um, so. It's a uh, high point was December 2019 at 123.5. Next highest high point to the right was 31st of January 2020. And if we take a line down there, it's just gone through the three point buy line now. Um, but there is a three point sell line there, so it's not too bad. Um, but anyway, so it has a fairly, um, if people look at the pattern, it has a, a fairly uh, steep downturn and then a sharp rise again and it's a buy in terms of its three-point trend line. I then wanted to look at a moving average line for it so I went into Yahoo Finance which is probably the easiest way to do it. I called up OCA, Oceania Healthcare and I, I added two lines which are easy to do in uh, Yahoo Finance. So I call up uh, the chart, make sure so it's a five-year monthly. Why, why aren't you doing this in Stock Doctor's charting too? I still haven't mastered the stock doctor charting tool yet. Right. So I've, I've used Yahoo Finance before, so I just, just easy defaulted yeah. to it, yeah. But you could, I think you could do it in, in Stock Doctor, I just haven't worked it out yet. So if you go into Yahoo Finance in the charting section, click on the five year, one month chart, mm -hmm. and then go into a, one of the tabs at the, on the heading called Indicators, that gives you the option of putting in a moving average. Mm -hmm. And I've added two to the OCA chart. Um, one is a moving average 
uh, with the average being 12 months and one is a moving average with the average being six months, just as an example. Mm. And you can see that it, uh, the 12 month one here, which is the purple line, um, you know, follows the long-term trend of the, of the stock. And then if you go to the shorter term trend, the six monthly line, it crosses over uh, the, the moving average here and again here and again here. But the, the problem is if we, the, the crossing over is where they go into a dip below with, with the six month going below the 12 month is a sell signal. Um, so that would have happened there. And then we get a buy signal back here, which was basically saying to buy the stock at its peak and then sell it again at its low. So it's not, real, it's not really a, a useful uh, signal for us. And it's different to the three point trend line which you know, um, is telling us to buy uh, as it's recovering from its low rather than to sell then. So I did some experimenting with um, six month uh, and 12 month was the closest I could find to a three point trend line, but it, as you can see, it doesn't map one to one and can cause some misleading signals as well. I used two year and one year and two year and six month and those kinds of ones as well. Right. But wasn't getting anything that useful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so OCA was added to the watch list. OCA is a healthcare company. Um, the thing, the thing about OCA, which I should call out though, again, it's, it's very small in terms of its average daily trades, only one thousand seven hundred and seventy-five dollars, but its market cap is quite large at five hundred and forty million, and the reason for that is it has um, two large shareholders, so there's not that much liquidity. So market cap isn't always an indicator of um, how much is available to trade because. Oceana Healthcare Holdings owns 41% and uh, uh, New Zealand Central Securities owns 12. So a lot of it is taken up um, with a couple of holdings there. Mm. Yep. So OCA was added. Uh, what else was added? Uh, that was, it was then, then I had some price alerts in. So the first one, I, these are ones which are getting close. So Duxton Water was the first one, DTO, the company that... Uh, uh, buys water rights. So the government in Australia has um, water allocations which can be bought and sold, particularly down along the Murray River. And uh, they were just coming into a, they're not quite there yet, but they're getting close to a buy. Uh, that's DTO. BHP was close to a buy. And so I've added a price alert for that in stock doctor at $38.20. Current price is $35.86. It's getting close to its buy. And the same with uh, Borrell. I've added a price alert for 438. Now you also said you'd finished buying Eclipse and started buying Champion Iron for your own account. Correct. So uh, the watch list has a company in between those two. Um, so Eclipse was fairly high on the list. The next one down was a company, uh, a code called GGUS. Before you get into that, when you say you finished buying Eclipse, yeah. um, this is because you're sort of uh, staggering out your Correct. buys? Yeah. So much a day? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. so I took probably 10, two weeks, 10 days, two weeks to buy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I prefer to do that, just a dollar cost average in. A couple of times I paused on Eclipse because it started to trend down again. We've had a couple of questions recently about um, how much, how do you know how much to buy? Was it based on the average daily trade calc, 20% of the average daily trade? When you say, somebody asked a question, when you say you take a full position, where it took you time to take up your full yeah. position, yeah. how do you work out what that is? 
Oh well, the full the, the way I work out the full position is I I go to the watch list and I count up how many stocks are on the watch list. So in other words, the list of companies you might want to buy. I then add the companies I already buy into that list. Um, and That you already own. I already own, sorry. Yes, yeah. sorry. And uh, with the watch list, though, I'm also going through and picking out those which I can buy. So all the small ones are getting eliminated. Yeah. And I think that came out to about 21 stocks in total. Right. And so I'm just saying my capital, my portfolio was this big in size divided by 21. So that's my position. Right, so you're just trying to work out how you have an even amount of money roughly in all of the stocks. Yeah, that's right. And you right. try and keep it evenly balanced. Well, when I'm buying, I do. Uh, because some of those stocks in my portfolio I've held for a while and they might be double or yeah. more than that than what I paid for them, Yeah, it generally means I won't be able to buy 21 stocks or run out of space before then. Right. But, but the, for new buyers, yeah, it's a simple calculation of... So let's say your, your total capital invested was a million bucks and you own, you currently hold 15 stocks. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you look at the wash list, another five stocks, and you would go, what's well, a million divided by 20? To work yeah, out how much right. to invest yeah. in each of the new five stocks. Yeah. So a couple, right. of, couple of things there. Uh, it was just, I guess, coincidence that the watch list plus what I owned was 21 stocks. It could have been 30, it could have been 10. Mm. Uh, if it was 10, then we'd have a bigger allocation when I was uh, working out my buy price or buy amount for each stock. But generally, I try and hold around 20 stocks in the portfolio. Mm. Yeah, And I may not be able to buy all those because some of the positions will be cramped out by the fact I've got stocks in there which are much bigger than 5% of the portfolio now. And when you're working out this number of um, capital divided by the number of stocks, is it the capital that you've invested in the existing stocks that you hold, like originally, what you paid for them? Mm. Or if they've appreciated, if some have gone up over five years by 500%, are you taking the total value of your capital as it is today invested yeah. and dividing that number? Yeah, so I'm taking my total portfolio size, including right. cash, and dividing that number by the number right. that I could buy, well, including the ones I already hold, which means that I won't be able to buy 20 stocks because uh, the, the ones which have gone up three or four times are going to crowd out the bottom end of that buy list. Does that make sense? No, okay, so explain that to me yeah, slowly. So let's say I have uh, a portfolio of a million dollars and I already own 10 stocks, and but those stocks are not going to be just 5% of the portfolio. They could be 10, maybe even 20 or 30% of the portfolio. I'll still work out the buy size based on 20 stocks. Right. Yeah, but that means I won't be able to buy the next 10 because I've got 10 in there already and they're bigger than their starting position, yeah. I might be able to buy seven of the 10, for example. And I'll do that as a, a ranking exercise on the buy list for QAV. Yeah, I'm still not following. And I'm okay. just too distracted by photos of Alex up there. <laughs> <laughs> I keep looking at photos of Alex and going, oh my gosh, she was so cute. <laughs> she was, wasn't she? Yeah, she still is, but yeah. you know, just looking at these <laughs> photos of Alex as a little kid. Too distracting. Got to turn all your photos down when I come in. Um, <laughs> Let me start again then. Let's make it really clear. Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week, folks. If you're new, just want to let you know we have a free episode and a premium episode each week. The free episode goes for about 30 minutes. The premium episode usually goes for about another 30, 40, 50 minutes. 
Um, and if you want to check out the premium episode, just go up to the website, qavpodcast.com.au. Sign up for the 14-day free trial and you get access to the premium episodes, all the archives and the getting started guide, the checklist, uh, video content. You get invites to our dinners. We're having one in Sydney tonight. Uh, We were going to have one in Melbourne next week, but it's been cancelled due to COVID, but we will have more uh, during the course of the year. Uh, The other thing, if you're new, just need to point out that we're not financial advisors, so please don't take anything you hear on this as personal financial advice. We obviously don't know your situation. If you're looking for financial advice, go see a financial advisor. We're here, just here, this show just exists to teach how Tony Kynaston, who's a very successful investor, thinks about investing. It's it's an education show. It's not financial advice. With that, have a great week. Stay safe, particularly if you're in Victoria, and we'll be back next week. Cheers. Cheers.